Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news. The networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, what is it, already April the 25th? In the year of our Lord, 2022, this, my fellow Americans, is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to cover. The goal is to use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. The purpose is to protect and preserve the greatest country on the face of the earth. The desire is to follow God, family, and country. The efforts is to double down and protect all that we hold dear. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Yes, indeed, I continue on the road. We had an incredible event last week, as you know, in Montevallo, Alabama, promoting uh, the American Village, theamericanvillage.org. And we talked about um, uh, unitedwepledge.org doing a great job creating an American Village in the West phenomenal work, great educational opportunities, uh, and a whole lot more. Now, there's so much to cover, so much to do, not enough time to get it done. We are now in Las Wages, Las Vegas, and uh, we came here to talk to people uh, around the convention. It is the huge National Association of Broadcasters uh, convention that we're at this week. And uh, it's very strange, the whole event, um, in the era of COVID, um, a very huge event. Normally 100-plus thousand people attend the NAB from all around the world, the National Broadcasters Association Convention. And uh, there's two main parts to the event. One is speakers. Uh, Mainly that's for big radio folks. You know, it costs a lot of money to attend. They talk about big radio and, and big radio station and network ideas. It doesn't relate to a lot of the narrow casting that we do uh, in podcasts. It doesn't relate a whole lot to the AM and FM radio stations across the country that are small and medium-sized markets. No, I know they would say that it does, but really the NAB, the National Association of Broadcasters, is a huge brain trust, <clears throat> and it's uh, anybody can join it, but the primary group Uh, is big broadcasters. And I'm I'm not saying that to demean anybody or to be offensive or negative. I say that because I think it's the truth. And I think a lot of the positions the NAB takes is to grandfather in the big radio stations, to protect big radio, small radio, new radio, innovative radio. They try to embrace, but to me, and in my views, I've watched the NAB for uh, 25-plus years, and it's really uh, to protect those big markets, those, you know, Huge stations, huge networks, big radio, and it's not really designed for the small guy. Now, they've made efforts to really back the small guy, and I appreciate that. Uh, But that's one reason, is these big broadcasters get together and have a love fest, if you will, and they speak to one another, and they have big events and conventions and speakers and all that kind of stuff. The other big issue at the National Association of Broadcasters, though, uh, is the uh, booths. So you can cruise around and talk to people at different booths about different products. Some of it's hardware, some of it's software, uh, some of it's services, some of it's analytics, uh, 
Uh, some of it's social media, new media stuff. Some of it's narrowcasting via streaming and internet radio, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a lot of neat products and services and things there uh, that you can go see. And that's primarily what I come to do is walk the floor, check out all the new technology available, meet and greet a few people that I know from days gone past. Uh, you know, I really do a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I go to these conventions. I used to go every single year, but then for several years, I had obligations that conflicted, and then COVID hit. And so I haven't been in, I don't know how many years. I mean, maybe the last time I went was 2015, 16, 17. I don't know, somewhere like that. Uh, and you know, I love to go <clears throat> because I love to see the new technology. I love to uh, learn about what's going on in the industry and keep up on it and everything else. And, and so I've also gone because I have software that I wrote, um, had created, uh, and that software is for broadcasters. And so... A lot of times the people that sell my software would call me over and have me speak with those uh, who would be clients of my software. So I would do that, too. And, uh, you know, I've been around the NAB for a long, long, long time. I've been to a lot of them. I've probably been to, I don't know, 20, 15 to 20 National Association of Broadcasters Conventions. I've been to a lot of them. Uh, and it, there for a while kind of got to the fact that I was there every single year and so was everybody else. And there wasn't a whole lot of changes. And <clears throat> it just seemed like it was kind of a meet, greet, and retreat idea. But you know what? Uh, give it a chance. Give it some time. It's worth going. And so I've come this year, and we uh, literally left Alabama, came to Las Vegas, uh, and I'm at an interesting place as well, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to give them a plug. The Ahern Hotel is a very unique property amongst the properties on the Strip. And um, I would say that the Ahern Hotel isn't exactly on the Strip, but it's very close to the Strip. The Ahern Hotel is a very unique property. It, like the Donald Trump property, I might tell you, neither properties are casinos. And that's something really interesting to take note of, in my humble opinion. Um, the mast, I'm trying to, uh, vast majority uh, of the hotels in and around the Strip are all gaming places, every single one of them. And, um, <clears throat> The Ahern Hotel, which is the hotel that I'm at now, is not a gaming hotel. It is not a casino. And I really want to just quadruple down and commend them. They're making their mark in the entertainment world uh, as a meeting space for business, as a wedding space for weddings, as a place to come to celebrate uh, high school reunions and it's becoming an incredible destination place in Las Vegas for unique um, events that relate to one's life, relate to one's, um, you know, landmarks of life kind of a thing. Weddings, uh, you know, high school reunions, um, corporate events. And anyway, it's becoming a great destination. It is an interesting, a fascinating hotel uh, with some of the most delicious food you've ever eaten in your life. I'm just telling you right now, wow, do they have some incredible chefs. Uh, on staff at the Ahern Hotel. Now it's Ahern, A-H-E-R-N, hotel.com. Uh, and I, I, I'm i not focusing on them because I'm getting paid or anything like that. I'm just doing it because I find it so unique uh, in the marketplace of ideas and so refreshing to focus on family values and to focus on, um, I don't know, the better things in life than just gaming and gambling and whatever. I'm not telling you that the Ahern Hotel is perfect or that it, you know, that it's just holier than thou or anything like that. I'm just saying they're not a gaming location, first of all. Uh, and they really do their best to focus on uh, things that are, uh, in my opinion, more life 
affecting, more life changing, more life uh, worth remembering, if you will. In other words, the Ahern Hotel would never have what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas as their slogan. They would say, we want you to remember your Vegas trip, baby. It was incredible for the following reasons, whatever it be. Uh, anyway, so I'm gravitating towards these hotels um, because they're non-smoking properties. And I'm not saying that you can't smoke anywhere on them. I'm just saying for the most part, they're non-smoking because they're non-casino. Uh, and that's what I find also interesting uh, about these casinos. You know, hey, a lot of them are just full of smoke, right? What are they, smoking areas or whatever? I don't know. Uh, but most places in the world, and, and especially in America, um, have be, become non-smoking venues, part by law, part by choice, whatever. Um, I love the smoke-free environment. I really do. Wow. I can breathe, and it's just phenomenal. I love the non-gaming environment where I believe people are there for great reasons. And So anyway, the Ahern Hotel and the Donald Trump property, I might add, both of them are just delightful places to stay. Uh, they're down uh, in Vegas where you can come see some incredible, wholesome uh, entertainment and shows. I went and saw the Donnie and Marie Osmond show several years ago uh, in Vegas. There's a lot of good things to do. There's roller coasters on the top of buildings uh, or on the top of venues that you can go to. Uh, there's a big lake down here that you can take off. It's off the strip, but there's an incredible lake here in Nevada. There's really a rich culture and a rich, uh, you know, a lot of fun, good, clean, moral stuff to do believe it or not, in the uh, Vegas area as well. So anyway, I, I digress from the radio program, except I'm telling you where I came from, uh, Alabama, why I'm here, what we're doing, the value of it, etc. The third reason uh, to be at the NAB, in addition to being able to cruise around all the different booths and all that kind of stuff and, and the uh, big speaker events that they have that others take part in that I don't, is that you can reach out to a lot of radio friends that you don't see around the country, and oftentimes they come. And so it's really nice to grab a dinner with somebody uh, or grab a lunch with somebody or to spend some time. Sometimes people get together and do some radio shows together. That's really nice as well. And anyway, it's a big old shout-out to any radio people. So email me, libertyroundtable at gmail.com, if you happen to be at the NAB or you, whatever, want to, you know, because it's really cool. And there's a lot to do and a lot of good things that are happening. I will be reporting on some of the interesting technology finds, if you will, things that we find and things that we find unique and clever and all that kind of stuff. Some of it I might do some interviews and put some of the interviews on the radio. Uh, some of it I might just give you a briefing of some of the products and uh, services and uh, things like that that are available. So there's a lot going on, and I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, everybody was kind of aware of what we're doing and why and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, just pretty interesting, pretty interesting to say the least. Uh, and then, um, well, man, there's just so much going on. It's hard to just even brief you on it all in the next segment. I'll get into the recap of the broadcast, uh, that we did with Chris Carlson, uh, on Saturday. Last week was a little bit spotty in terms of the live programs. We were live Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. <laughs> and we're going to be live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all this week. So you got to dig that. Anyway, there's so much going on. I'll tell you a little bit more about the Ahern Hotel. I'll do the recap of Saturday's show with good old Chris Carlson. He was with me for um, a good hour and a half. Just incredible conversation, to say the least. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. 
America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Live and on your radio, Sam Bushman having a fantastic time. I'm hoping you are as well. Man, the time zone changes are crazy in America. <laughs> I was in Alabama on Central Time Zone, went to Atlanta on Eastern Time Zone, flew to Vegas on Pacific Time Zone. Wow. <laughs> it's just crazy town, I'll tell you what. Uh, anyway, the NAB is a great place to be. It's a fun show. There's some negatives, though. You know, they're trying to force you to have a vaccination and or to get a negative vaccine uh, or a negative COVID test uh, to go to the, um, you know, event. And I don't know if that's just for the speaker venues or for the booths or whatever else. We're trying to figure all that out. I'm not doing the vaccines, as you guys all know, but I will do the negative test if I have to. And we'll go into the venue and check it out. I think it's a little bit tyrannical in my mind, but hey, uh, what do you expect? But look, we've been shut down for two years, ladies and gentlemen, and it's time to not be shut down. It's time to attend venues. It's time to go and see friends and uh, influence people and do things that are great. And that's what we're focusing on now. So that's the NAB. The Ahern Hotel is a very unique place, though. It's a, it's a hotel that was bought by a, a gentleman, uh, Mr. Ahern, uh, who is a well-known philanthropist and who has a lot of other different uh, business interests in Vegas, uh, a man who's quite wealthy and a man who... Um, really is doing a good job. I guess the hotel was built by the Chinese, but then they weren't able to make a go at it. And so uh, then it got put up for auction and Ahern got it. And uh, I, as far as I understand, the Ahern folks are patriots, ladies and gentlemen. So that's pretty cool news to know when you get Donald Trump and then Mr. Ahern, you've got two patriots now owning hotels in Las Vegas that are both non-gaming hotels. I find that fascinating. The more conservative people are, the less they're into gaming, it seems, right? I find that interesting uh, and delightful news as well. 
Um, so anyway, uh, that's worthy of note. Let's see. Uh, the Ahern Hotel also has a couple of hundred rooms. It's not uh, the biggest hotel in Vegas, that's for sure. But it is a very classy boutique or uh, hotel, if you will. Um, it's unique in style. It's very nice rooms. Uh, it's got incredible chefs and food, as I mentioned. And they've got like two main buildings. Uh, and one building is kind of the hotel and the rooms side of things. And the other uh, building is their um, meeting rooms and uh, what do they call it? Convention space venues is the best way to probably describe it. Uh, where they've got a lot of configurations and a lot of rooms. One of the rooms we went in that I thought found really fascinating, it was really wall-to-wall uh, LEDs, wall-to-wall kind of screens. And you could display on all these different screens very unique messaging about your event. Uh, it could be a history of your event. It could be uh, the people that are, you know, your advertisers that are promoting the event. Uh, it could be, uh, anyway, a variety of things. It was pretty neat to see. <clears throat> the um, uniqueness of this hotel, the unique things that it's got that I haven't seen other places. They've got a lot of convention space. They can hold up to uh, probably 800 people in their biggest rooms if you open it all up. Um, you've got smaller rooms that you can have, you know, 10 to 100 people in, depending on the size of the different uh, rooms. They have a lot of business meeting space. And uh, anyway, pretty neat to support non-gaming venues and especially great to support patriotic uh, Americans that are working together and stuff like that. Anyway, just pretty neat, pretty neat stuff to say the least. Uh, all right, I'll keep you posted on that as we go forward. And, of course, do some reviews of products and a whole lot more of the, over the next couple of days. Uh, Lowell is not with me today. He's uh, traveling. <clears throat> he is traveling and taking care of a bunch of other things uh, as well. So, of course, we'll have Lowell back with us next week. And uh, let's see. As for me, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, we had Chris Carlson on with us on Saturday. And, uh, of course, without God... We can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. We discussed all things liberty with Chris Carlson, and we talked specifically about put not your faith in men, but buying them down with a change of the Constitution. That was a statement made by Thomas Jefferson at the uh, constitutional event they had. What do they call this? The Kentucky Resolutions, if you will, in 1798. Let me say it again. Put not your faith in men, but bind them down with a change of the Constitution. I couldn't say that better myself. Thomas Jefferson is spot on in our day as he was in his day. And we really need to keep that in mind. And we talked about several topics with Chris. We talked about resident, not president, but resident Biden is blaming rising food prices on Vladimir Putin. But is there something else causing food prices to rise, ladies and gentlemen? Huh? According to investigative reporters, A, there's food processing plants that are burning all across the world. Why? What's going on? In America, even, there's a disturbing uh, food plant fires going on. TrueNews.com with the details on that. But they bring up a fascinating point. Is the food shortage really due to Vladimir Putin or is it due to other factors? I think just honest money is at the heart of a lot of our inflationary realities, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I do not have food shortages. I predict around the world there will be some. 
I predict in America it'll just be, you know, less is more idea. Everything gets smaller, but you pay more. Uh, so inflation uh, rearing its ugly head and the um, unique terms they come up with, stagflation and everything else to account for it all uh, is fascinating indeed. The answer is to return to honest money, ladies and gentlemen. The answer is to have a, a shot heard around the world with honest money. But I don't think it's right when Biden blames Putin. I think both of them are responsible to a great degree. But really, ladies and gentlemen, we're up against a series of problems in America. Money's only one of them. We talked about that with Chris. And beware when food shortages happen. What's the real origin? What's the real source? True News, that's trunews.com with some details that are riveting, to say the least. We also talked about with Chris Carlson, we're up against pedophilic demoniacs. Yeah, listen to them moan as the Florida State Legislature passes legislation repealing Disney's, quote, sovereign status, if you will. The significance of the sovereignty stripping vote is it makes now Disney accountable like everybody else. Imagine that from Rick uh, in Florida, Governor Rick. Uh, And and all I can tell you is (laughs) Disney had their own judge, jury, and executioner team. They literally had their own enclave in Florida, almost their own state with power. And Well, the legislative body and the governor just stripped them of that authority. But the bottom line is you heard the pedophiles and the demoniacs basically just melting down. And it was crazy. And the perversions and the uh, sex uh, agenda of Disney is under scrutiny in Florida, to say the least. And I say good on them for it. You know what? Good on them. We don't need Disney with special privilege above the rest of us. Okay, that's part of the problem in America we have. We have different classes of people, different corporations that have tremendous authority and power, given that they've pulled the lever of government in their special privileged ways. It's got to stop. Anyway, we talked about that in detail with Chris Carlson uh, in the first hour. In the second hour, we talked about this really critical point. Who will control the money, huh? We talked about the book called The Day the Dollar Dies. Willard Cantillon wrote the book. Uh, it was written uh, in like the 1970s, but it's still as relevant today as when it was penned. That's for sure. We talked about, quote, communist or capitalist, banker or president of the nation. All men seem to agree that those who control the finances of a nation represent a power greater than any other legislative, and now I have to say judicial body. No doubt about that reality check as well. That's something critical to understand. When you control a nation's money, wow, do you have so much control. It is beyond imagination. Anyway, so we talked about that with Chris Carlson in detail today. Karl Marx declared the idea of God as the keystone to a perverted civilization that must be destroyed. He believes looking promoting God perverts a civilization. I think the lack of turning to God perverts a society and civilization. Ladies and gentlemen, boy, how we couldn't think more different if we tried me and old Carl, huh? Anyway, Richard Levine, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about this guy spent 54 years, had a wife and a family. He was a man for 54 years, but he transitioned to be a woman. In 2011, Joe, pointed, Joe Biden appointed him to be a four-star admiral. 
And now USA Today has named Rachel Levine as Woman of the Year. Ladies and gentlemen, the point is Richard will never be Rachel. I went off on this like you wouldn't believe. Scientifically and morally and God's law all relate. He cannot become a woman. Stand with me against Twitter, writes Charlie Kirk. Twitter's trying to take him down. We mentioned that as well. There's so many things to focus on in the target-rich environment. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the culture war. It is about God, family, and country. And this is Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Emmanuel Macron has won France's presidential election, fending off a challenge from candidate Marine Le Pen on Sunday's runoff vote. Macron took 58.5% of Sunday's vote, making him the first French leader to be re-elected in 20 years. He and Le Pen advanced to the runoff after finishing in first and second place, respectively, among 12 candidates who ran in the first round back on April 10th. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin met with Ukraine's President Zelensky in Kyiv Sunday. American officials told reporters the United States will be sending more weapons and will return diplomats. It should be noted the Biden administration has not had an ambassador to Ukraine. That should be changing very soon. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres will be visiting with Zelensky and Russian President Vladimir Putin separately next week. USA Radio News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5500 at checkout. That's harrys.com. Code 5500. Enjoy. Joseph Kennedy, a coach for Bremerton High School football team in Washington State, was inspired to pray starting back in 2008. After the school district told him to stop praying, he continued after a short hiatus and was fired. The Supreme Court of the United States will hear the case today. Let's get an update on the border with Tim Berg. Border Patrol and local communities are overwhelmed with the largest surge of illegal immigrants in the past two decades at the U.S.-Mexico border. Texas Department of Public Safety Lieutenant Christopher Oliveras, appearing on Fox News, explains how the White House could help this problem. They need to take more effective uh, strategies, have a comprehensive immigration reform. Also, do not cancel Title 42. And if you are going to cancel Title 42, have an effective strategy in place. So we don't see this mass flow of immigrants coming across and also work with other uh, local partners as well and also congressional partners and, and come together and have a plan in place. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. I've got a very unique story that I want to bring up uh, and talk about in quite detail because it's fascinating in my opinion. It's about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And the headline says, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A lot of you know those folks as the Mormons. Uh, but really, it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to which I am a proud member. All right? Let me be very clear uh, about that. But the reason that I'm mentioning this story is because it's become a national and an international story. Uh, and the headline will kind of articulate this for you. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Washington, D.C. Temple, Open House, creates special experience for neighbors and friends is the headline. Uh, it is a very fascinating story. I think it's a very cool story. And I want to focus on the details of it. So those of you who are familiar might know some about this, but many of you don't. And a, a lot of the reasons that we take up uh, stories from the Mormons or stories regarding the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is because we believe we have a unique position on the international stage to discuss these issues, right? We can do so with knowledge because we're members so we don't get the facts wrong. We understand the religion. We understand the theology. Uh, we understand the uh, um, positioning in the world uh, and all that kind of stuff. And, and so we don't focus on it because we want to make it promoted more than other religions or anything like that. But we do believe we have a unique perspective that I think a lot of our listeners might be interested in hearing. You know, whether you agree with the church or not, uh, whether you believe the church is true or not, is not really the point in our discussions uh, on your radio. But it's really to keep an eye on what they're doing. Look, they represent 15 million members plus worldwide. Uh, a little less than half of that membership is in the uh, United States. And so it's really uh, influential. And let's be very clear. When the Pope does something or the Catholics do something or the Protestants or the, uh, you know, whatever, Methodists, the Baptists, the Southern Baptists, whatever, we try to cover that news as well. Uh, we don't have as much familiarity with it, so we may not be uh, quite uh, in a position to speak to their theologies and things like that. But we do try to cover unique news that's really fascinating and educational. So uh, it turns out the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints <clears throat> has two main kind of buildings. One are the churches, and that's where they go for Sunday worship services and that kind of stuff. They're just called church buildings. Uh, uniquely uh, culture-wise for the uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, sometimes they call the church buildings stake centers. And it has nothing to do with eating steak. <laughs> it has everything to do with a ward is like a church congregation. A group of wards together is called a stake. And you could think of it more as a, a group of congregations uh, coming together in a bigger uh, flock or bigger followers group of Jesus Christ kind of a thing. So you got wards and stakes that make up the general congregations of the church. And they uh, meet in meetings across the globe called church buildings. Stake centers, uh, meeting houses. Those are some of the terms uh, that we use for those buildings. We do believe they're sacred buildings. We do believe that they are the Lord's house. But they play a, a purpose of general day-to-day -day worship. Uh, they uh, play a kind of a community center for family. And during the uh, week, uh, I'm sorry, during Sunday, the chapels, that's one room in the building basically, is used for worship services on Sundays. There's all kinds of other rooms in those buildings, classrooms for Sunday school. Uh, there's a big, huge gym usually that's used for cultural events, used for um, 
wholesome dances, used for dinners, used for celebrations. A lot of times families can use the church for weddings, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so they're basically worship houses uh, like a church. You go there on Wednesday night for youth activities. You go there on Sunday to worship the Lord and partake of the sacrament and have a Sunday service. Um, people get together there and practice for choirs and uh, all kinds of events. Sunday school is held there to teach people about, well, it's the Church of Jesus Christ. So to teach about Christ, uh, etc. And that's what the church buildings are for. The other buildings that members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the uh, church is primarily known for are called temples. And those temples are where unique things happen. Uh, a lot of people believe it's secret, but it's not secret, ladies and gentlemen. It is sacred. And so a lot of the details you don't discuss about covenants made in the temples. Covenants are two-way promises. And those covenants are made in temples between the individual who goes to the temple and God. And what is most unique about temples is you only go to the temple one time for yourself. And you do all kind of things in the temple. But all the things that you do in the temple prepare you to meet God someday. Not on this earth, folks. Don't get ahead of yourselves. But when you pass away and die, at some point you can return to your maker, is the way we like to say it. Uh, your Father in heaven um, loves you. And your eternal destiny is to live with him if you're willing to keep his commandments and do what he asks. Well, we learn the things that we need to be with him. We learn the way to return to him. We learn uh, the necessities to understand God's plan for us as his children. And so the temples are very unique. And you go through the first time for yourself, as I mentioned. And then every time you go through after that, it is for someone else by proxy. And by proxy, you go through for somebody else and you make those special covenants on their behalf. And you say, Sam, what is this unique doctrine you're speaking of? Well, it's in the Bible. And it talks about we seek after our kindred dead. And it talks about baptisms for the dead. And if you think about the belief of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that, look, Jesus Christ is the leader of our church. Men on earth carry out God's will, just like Peter, James, and John did, the original apostles in the Savior's time. Well, after the Savior died and was resurrected, he came back and said, Peter and, and, and James and John and the rest of the 12 apostles, your responsibility is to build my church, build my kingdom on the earth. Well, we believe that's being done today and that there are prophets and apostles on the earth. I tell you all that because we have unique doctrines that really culminate in the temple, baptisms for the dead and other ordinances that help really the justice and the mercy of God work together in a unique way to save as many who are willing. God can't save us if we're not willing to do what he asks us to do, if we're not followers of Christ, right? Nicodemus in the Bible asked, how could a man be born again? Well, we're talking about a rebirth spiritually as followers or disciples of Christ, right? Anyway, I digress, except for I'm setting the stage for you to understand that all men must be baptized. How does that work? Through proxy. Those on the earth serve those who are not. That's part of what the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints mean when they say, that, um, and when you hear in the Bible that 
God will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. It's this great genealogical work and this great effort to uh, serve one another and to allow uh, those promises to be made by proxy. Well, that's one of the great works that are done in the temple. So another great work is to perform eternal marriages. Most people are married until death do you part. Well, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, believe that we can be sealed together forever. So I've been married to my wife for 30 years, but we uh, got an eternal marriage when we got married. And so we will uh, be able to stay married and remain as husband and wife beyond the grave. Now think about that incredible doctrine. Anyway, I tell you all that so that you understand the uniqueness of this uh, story that I'm talking about. So there's temples that are built around the world as one of the types of church buildings. You got meeting houses or churches, and then you've got temples. And the temples uh, require a special recommend to attend. In other words, you've got to specifically be worthy to attend the temples. You've got to be ready for these extra covenants that are made. And these temples are around the world, and more and more and more temples are being built. Well, the Washington, D.C. temple has been around for a long time. Uh, I'd have to go look up when it actually was built. But for quite some time, decades, it's been around. Uh, and what they're doing is renovating. They're upgrading and, and, and you know, re retrofitting might be the best term, uh, the temple in Washington, D.C. And as such, there's a window of opportunity. Temples are normally dedicated to God. And once they are dedicated and, and, and stuff, then nobody can go in the temples. They're not secret, but they're sacred, and they require, as I mentioned, the special recommend to attend, if you will. Well, there's a time before it's dedicated, after all the renovations are made, where the temple is opened up to anyone who wants to walk through it. This is what I mean by it's not secret. It's sacred. And so there's a window of opportunity where anybody can go through the Washington, D.C. temple or any other temple that is either built, they have an open house period before it's dedicated. Well, if a temple is renovated or changed or retrofitted, then again, there's a window where anybody can go through and learn about it before it's dedicated. I digress, except I want to come back and talk about this more and the uniqueness of this story, and I'll do it all in seconds right here on the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. 
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know the reference to baptisms for the dead that I referred to, it's 1 Corinthians 15.29. Thanks for um, Zach giving me that tidbit. I got a a great staff of people that feed me information. Uh, Anyway, so that's the reference for that if you want to go look it up. And it's a very vague reference to some degree. Uh, But yet it is indeed highlighted in there. And all Christians must ask themselves, what about the baptisms for the dead? Why were they mentioned? Why is it mentioned in the Bible? Does it have uh, significance? I think that it does. Anyway, uh, this story about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and their temples is a unique one. And so the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Washington, D.C., open house. So that's a period in which before a temple is dedicated that anybody can go through. And ask questions and learn about it because it's not secret, it's sacred, ladies and gentlemen. And so there's a special experience for neighbor and friends that neighbors and friends that are, that's created. Well, this unique Washington, D.C. temple, uh, because of its location, has unique repercussions. And that's why articles are being written around the world about this very topic. And they say there are two main goals of temple open houses in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. One is to increase understanding and two, to build bridges with the community. Now, that's not the reasons for the temples. I gave you the other reasons for the temples before, but it is the reason for the temple open houses because, look, it isn't secret. It's sacred, and we want to be able to open up the temples and people understand the two main goals. What are we doing here? Well, we're increasing understanding and building bridges to where, hey, you may or may not agree with us on a theological point, but you know what? We want you to know that, look, you can know what we're doing here. We're meeting. We're making covenants with God. The goal is to be able to return to God, and the whole purpose is that uh, temples unite families together beyond the grave. That's really the interesting, unique doctrine. The salvation of all of God's children and the connecting them to this great sealing power, this chain is the goal of temples. The goal of the open houses are to spread the word. People know what we do and why. Agree with it, disagree with it. Hopefully you can develop a healthy respect and an appreciation for the uniqueness of our doctrine. By the way, there's a guy by the name of Jeffrey Goldberg. He's an editor and chief of the Atlantic. That's a major monthly U.S. magazine. He welcomed the invitation through the temple 
the renovated house of the Lord in the renovated, I'm sorry, the renovated house of the Lord in the capital. He came as most have to learn about who we are and what we do, right? So believe it or not, the church is mis misunderstood in many cases, right? These exercises kind of help people understand and it literally uh, sets aside the misunderstanding, right? We can create a better place in the country if we work together. So this huge Jeffrey Goldberg, editor-in-chief of the Atlantic Magazine, went through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Temple Open House. And that's why this is getting so much coverage, because a lot of media people and a lot of congressmen and senators and uh, bigwigs from all kinds of places are going through this temple. All right. This is interesting. But you go on a tour, and you get to learn about and work on this temple discussion understand it Goldberg believe it or not was one of multitudes of invited guests who toured the renovated temple this week 4300 guests walked through the temple this week alone think about it 4300 people and that's not even with the general public being invited yet the 20th of April will be the open house uh, opening up to the general public. So you've got 4,300 people from the media, from Congress, dignitaries, uh, all kinds of people going to the temple and learning about it, some for the first time, some to ask more questions. Uh, but then it'll be open to the general public. And you ready for the best news of all? Ladies and gentlemen, I will be going to Washington, D.C. And I will be through this uh, renovated House of the Lord in the nation's capital, uh, and I will be uh, reporting on that very topic for you. I'm going for other reasons, but it just so happens that I'll be in a unique position to report on that as well. The temple this last week included Wolf Blitzer, Dana Bash, and Sam Feist. They're all of CNN, right? The very liberal news network literally had CNN representatives all walk through the temple and learn about the uniqueness of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints doctrine, of the strange but comforting beliefs that there are families beyond the grave, that marriage can last beyond the grave, right? Unique doctrines that even if you don't believe in it, you know what? That's a cool idea, a cool belief system. Well, we believe it's more than an idea or a belief. It's a reality possible by God Almighty delegating his authority to servants of God on the earth who hold the holy priesthood, right? So, interestingly enough, Wolf Blitzer, he's a member of the Jewish faith, right? And he noted the things from the Hebrew Bible that are in the temple. And he said, I can really identify with many of your traditions, because they are so similar to many of my traditions. It was really a wonderful experience for me, Wolf Blitzer said. There are a lot of similarities that go back to the Old Testament with Jewish traditions and members of the United States of America. I mean, I'm sorry, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a lot of overlapping 
traditions and beliefs and history. So anyway, he said it was a great experience for him. That's fascinating. Wolf Blitzer. The next one, Dana Bash knew something of the church of Jesus Christ prior to her visit. Why? Well, she became familiar with the faith and beliefs of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when she covered Mitt Romney's presidential campaigns. So that's an interesting twist as well. The CNN political reporter said that she was grateful to tour the renovated temple for increased understanding. And that's really what I want to kind of get across with this broadcast. I want to increase your understanding. Okay? I'm not trying to convert you to be a a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I do want you to understand what do we do in temples and why do we do that? What are the temples about? Are they just some weird, secret, you know, cultish thing? No, they're not. They're not secret. They're sacred. I know I've said that many times, but I want to really hammer home that point. There's a lot of misunderstandings about what we do and why we do it, etc. This is a real opportunity to let people know, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? What's, What's up with all that? You know what? You can come to the temple in Washington, D.C., or any of the other temples as open houses happen uh, around the country and around the world, and you can learn about this and understand it. That doesn't mean you're getting converted tomorrow, but it does mean you can learn. It does mean you can gain an understanding and a respect for uh, the beliefs. It's so fascinating, said Dana Bash, also the Jewish face. It's really a peaceful, spiritual, special place. The architecture, she says, the decor is set up so that it's very appropriate. It's appointed, but not over the top. You feel the sense of being in a very exquisite place, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah. It's a tough balance, and the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the leadership nailed it with that balance. Well, the understanding of that balance, Dana Bash, is that it's it's the Lord's house. So it no doubt is, is very classy. But it's beauty combined with its simplicity is kind of the key. It's not a house of a king, so it's not over the top. Well, when I say it's not the house of a king, not the house of a worldly king, I should clarify, right? Now, um, Feist, CNN's Washington Bureau chief, said the temple is breathtaking. I was taken aback by the light, the brightness, the brightness of the bridge entering the temple, the brightness of the lighting. I just want to congratulate everything involved in this renovation. It's a gift to our community. The light is what struck people. Remember, it's all about the light of Christ, is it not? All right. Believe it or not, NAACP President Derek Johnson was there. <clears throat> and they learned about more about the temples. After his tour, Paul Ryan, former Speaker of the House, said that he was grateful to learn more about a building that he's been passing on the freeway for three decades. Looking over at that beautiful building going, wow, what's that? How does that work? Wow, uniqueness. Uh, He got to walk through it and learn all about it. I've always wanted to see this temple, he said, to understand 
all that is done inside, said former Speaker Paul Ryan. He's a Catholic, and he has many Latter-day Saint friends, but he never had such a clear understanding. He says, to start at the baptistry on the bottom floor, and then to go up, all the way up to the top to understand the lighting, the understanding of Christ, the growing light as you progress, the vision, how the doctrine works, then the culminating ceiling ordinance that happens on the top floors. It was just a spectacular thing to behold, he said. Ryan expressed delight at the marvelous concept of the church's doctrine of baptisms for one's deceased ancestors. I think that's a very refreshing and unique notion, he said. Now, I want to be very clear. To us, it's more than a notion. We believe it's God's commandments to bring the great human family together. Tyler uh, Deaton, I guess is how you say his name. Tyler Deaton, he's a senior advisor with the American Unity Fund, also toured the temple. And he promotes um, religious freedom for all, including gay, lesbian, and all the you know, Americans. He says a temple open house really creates neighbors and friends among us. As the world polarizes, as people don't have as much in common among them, this is an opportunity to find places that we do have in common. Deaton said the physical beauty of the temple reflected the beauty of the good work that is reflected by Latter-day Saints or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints around the world. It was just such a blessing today to see more of the inside and the reflection of the, biz of the building that's home of so many of my friends around the world. It was really special to me. Anyway, they go on and on, but it's just a phenomenal uh, story, and I wanted to kind of cover it because it's getting world attention now. And how do we really increase understanding? How do we build bridges so that people say, you know what, I may not agree with your faith, but I double down and support your beliefs. What a wonderful set of beliefs. That's worthy of, of visitation and understanding, right? All right, hour one of the can, hour two, Dr. Bradley joins us. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. We declare this nation shall endure. LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, share the love of free radio at your fingertips, and God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, and happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April 25th in the year of our Lord 2022. This is our two and two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips. 
as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. All right. Without further ado, Dr. Scott Bradley's with me on your radio. It's been a little bit because I've been traveling, but thank you so much, Dr. Bradley, and welcome back, sir. Back, and uh, it's always good to start the week out and get kind of recharged on this charge for liberty. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, a lot of people lose their charge and maybe never even had it. I don't know. But uh, but we, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I do have contact with a lot of people, and there are people that, uh, that seem to be very expressive of their um, excitement about some of the vibes that are able to be shared in regards to liberty, and I'm, I'm open we can add to that vibration for good. Amen to that. There's a lot of good to be had. I will tell you that as well. There's a huge bunch of news going around uh, about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint temples. Uh, and the temple in Washington, D.C. is being renovated, Dr. Bradley. Uh, and there's a huge uh, bunch of news articles uh, about it and all kinds of media and journalists and politicians and et cetera are going through the temple in Washington, D.C. 4,300, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, elites or unique people went through the temple uh, just this last week before they opened it up to the public. Uh, it's a chance for people to learn about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints temples. Uh, it's a chance for people to understand that it's not secret, it's sacred, and learn what we do in the temples and why, etc. cetera. Uh, and so 4,300 Wolf Blitzer and a bunch of CNN people went through, people from the NAACP went through, uh, and several people from different other journalistic realities. Uh, some politicians, former Speaker of the House Paul Ryan went through the temple, uh, and a bunch of people are getting exposed to this uniqueness of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, this last week, and it'll be opening up to the public soon. And best of all, I'm going to go and attend that as well, uh, Dr. Bradley. So we wanted to kind of give you a chance to chime in on this one. A lot of people that are unfamiliar with the uh, the church and its practices and so on kind of do look at the temple as, as something unique. I mean, there, you know, it's there's a, uh, a kind of a vetting process, if you will, to be able to go into the temple uh, normally. But when a temple has first been constructed and or when it has been had a major renovation, I suspect that the, a similar thing will happen at the Salt Lake Temple. It's currently under renovation now. But uh, when they're brand new or when they've had the major renovation, they have an open house, if you will. And it sounds to me like what happened was they had a VIP tour here recently at the Washington, D.C. temple, but but uh, then uh, others that, that don't hold temple recommends are able to go there before it gets dedicated, and then once it's become de dedicated, then the uh, only attendees that may go there are those that hold uh, what they call a recommend. It's an interview process. You go with your ecclesiastical leaders and... Uh, you know, answer a series of questions, and if you answer them satisfactorily, uh, they issue a uh, temple recommend, a card, if you will, that you show every time you go in the temple. <clears throat> so it is a very interesting opportunity. I recommend that anybody and everybody that has an interest uh, and would like to see the inside of a temple, and it is beautiful. It's very well appointed. 
I remember one time I was in uh, Las Vegas on business um, for an extended period of time, and one of my support people uh, was there with me, and and the uh, Las Vegas temple had just been finished construction, and I uh, says, well, let's, let's go on over. You can kind of walk through it and see what you feel about it and everything. And we got into, there's a room uh, that's kind of the pinnacle room, if you will, not on the top of a pinnacle, but it's a, it's a, it's a progressive program you go through to kind of uh, help uh, basically explain the progress of man through, um, through mortality. If you've read Pilgrim's Progress, it's, it's uh, much more elegant than that and eloquent, but the Pilgrim's Progress is an interesting book written back in the 1600s that talks about the progress of man through mortality and hopefully and ultimately the the goal is to achieve uh, the presence of God. And, and of course, well, you ought to go read the book. You really ought. It's one of the most uh, widely read books for centuries and it's, it's fascinating and his wife begins the journey after he has passed on, if you will. His name is Christian her name is Christina. You kind of get the uh, analogy between the Christian and Christina. Anyway, uh, my uh, one of my support guys that I went with uh, to go through the Las Vegas Temple as as it was open for a uh, open house. Uh, we got into what they call a celestial room, and again, it's kind of a pinnacle um, achievement of of kind of depicting you know the glory of you know, achieving everything you're supposed to hear on the earth and so on. Anyway, um, this uh, this friend of mine, he's a friend too, uh, uh, you know, we'd been in the, the celestial room for probably a half an hour, just kind of, and he was gazing in awe at the splendor, if you will, of the beauty of the decor and everything. And I says, well, are you about ready to move on? He says, no. He says, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving. He says, this is probably the most comfortable place I've ever been on earth. And and it was kind of, oh, I don't know, a, a testimony, if you will, of of uh, the, the effect that the concepts that are outlined there can have on the mind. And it's always kind of stuck with me. The Las Vegas Temple's been dedicated for a lot of years now. You know, you think, oh, <laughs> a temple in Las Vegas? How did that happen? But that's a long story, I guess. But the fact of the matter is that's uh, that's kind of how it happens to a lot of people. Um, there's, uh, like I say, new temples being built all over the land. Uh, you get a chance to go in them as they get completed. And uh, there's uh, renovations going on on different temples, too. There's a number in Utah that that's happening with, too. So anyway, I don't know. That's uh, that's kind of my two cents worth on it. It's probably worth a trip to see what it's all about and, and, uh, and get the Cook's tour, if you will. And it sounds like some uh, people that uh, are in the news oftentimes got a chance. I, I don't particularly encourage a uh, hero worship kind of attitude towards those in leadership. I've more often than not been disappointed by those that are in leadership um, in uh, you know those we select as our <laughs> trusted re representatives but it would be nice if some of them had, had their hearts turned to God more often and perhaps this will help I don't know time will tell that's for sure but I found it very unique uh, of a story 
And uh, I will be attending the uh, Washington, D.C. open house uh, for the temple as well myself. Uh, not that I really need to attend it because I understand the doctrines and I, I uh, have been to the temple uh, many times, uh, even when it's after it's dedicated. So uh, I've made those covenants and I understand them. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned Vegas because I'm in Las Vegas right now, according to the National Association of Broadcasters Convention. Uh, and it's true. It's fascinating. On one hand, you have Sin City. Uh, on one hand, you have what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas mentality. And on the other hand, you have eternal covenants being made uh, in Vegas as well. It seems like the earth and the uh, reality of men continues to polarize. And as it does, we need to seek understanding. We need to reach out and give people kind of a, a, a view into our lives and what we're focused on and what we're doing and uh, what matters to us, etc. One of the unique things about it as well as, as Dr. Bradley was speaking about this, uh, and others have spoke about it. You know, you start in the basement and you um, receive baptisms for the dead, which is in Corinthians. And then you continue to go up and the light increases as you uh, work towards uh, eventually living with God uh, and the, the covenants that are made there. Uh, but even in Corinthians, it talks about the three degrees of glory uh, that relate to uh, a lot of the temple uh, involvement as well. And that's something really critical to understand. These doctrines aren't just random Mormon beliefs. Uh, and I use Mormon on purpose as a nickname. Look, these are uh, revealed doctrines from the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe, was restored to the earth and that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And these unique doctrines have biblical origins uh, in God plan God's plan for his children. Uh, Dr. Bradley, maybe you want to speak to that for a minute. Well, it's kind of interesting to me that um, if receiving ordinances is important, and there are many that accept uh, a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. I mean, it's like there's a simple statement. Well, well how many countless, literally billions, have not received ordinances that God has indicated are important to be able to uh, re-enter his presence and of course you know we're told that no unclean thing can enter the presence of God and so all of us are fallen how does all this work well it's by grace that we're saved uh, through Christ but we can come back to how those that have passed without receiving ordinances could have that happen if uh, the doctrines uh, that are found in the temple are able to be exercised so anyway sounds like we've got to take a quick break roger that Dr. Bradley in seconds on your radio freedomsrisingsun.com Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. 
The CDC just reported that 7,218 people died after receiving a COVID-19 shot. Granted, vaccines are a complicated concoction of chemicals, and as with any medical experiment, it can take a long time to get it right. This is not the first time people have been hurt when vaccinated. What is different this time, and so concerning, is the reaction to these death numbers. Let me explain. In 1976, the government vaccinated 45 million people for swine flu. A total of 53 people died after getting that shot, and the U.S. government immediately halted the vaccination program. Why? Because authorities decided it was too much of a risk. Why would they halt the program back then for 53 deaths, but now, with over 7,000 deaths, they are using every method possible to force it on you? In fact, now the health authorities are using their power to silence anyone who dares to question the COVID vaccination. Why? Why is anyone that questions COVID silenced? Even doctors are being censored. What's up with that? Paid for by Evan Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about incredible realities with temples around the world being built at unprecedented levels uh, and being... uh, dedicated to the lord and between the time when they're built and when they're dedicated they are uh usually set up for an open house where anybody can go through the temple of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and learn about the unique doctrines there the degrees of glory related in the bible is one of them families to be together sealed by god's power uh, where marriages perpetuated beyond the grave where families can be together forever uh, these unique doctrines of baptisms for the dead and so on uh, are all articulated there. It's not s- secret, but it is sacred. And those who make special covenants can receive these blessings uh, in temples. And Dr. Bradley, right before the break, was talking about these unique doctrines. Uh, doctor? Well, you know, the uh, as, as we were saying, that if, if in fact... As has been indicated, I mean, words of the Savior talk about the necessity of receiving certain ordinances. And, (coughs) of course, there's been (coughs) countless billions uh, of people that have lived and died without even hearing the two words, Jesus Christ, in their entire life. And uh, and he is uh, the means, uh, the only means by which we may regain our eternal Father's presence. And and so he is the na- means by which people are saved by his grace, and and uh, he he has indicated that there is a process by which you go through to get that. It would seem to be patently unfair if um, you know individuals that happen to hear the two words Jesus Christ and maybe uh, have had the opportunity to be taught further the doctrine and then receive those ordinances are allowed to progress uh, as far as God's program is designed, and, and those that never have it happen. I mean, think of the Arunta in uh, uh, Aboriginal uh, Australia or the, some of the deepest, darkest African continents or, or some of the communist countries that have uh, smothered the go- doctrines of Christ for decades. Uh, and and so anyway, the, the uh, loving Father and in the doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there's a scripture that says, and it's God speaking, this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Immortality, of course, is living forever, but eternal life is living you know, in the presence and, and in the form of God's life, living his type of life. So anyway, it's his work. 
Uh, that's what and God. Uh, he's not a failure. He does well, uh, beyond well. I mean, I understate that, of course. Uh, his his magnificent uh, uh, everything. There's 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 not any superlative that you could give that would overstate his magnificence, and 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 so he has provided, according to the doctrine of the LDS Church. It means by which uh, all who live will have the opportunity in, in the spirit world, which is where, uh, you know, we go after passing from this life. Uh, doctrines are taught, and nobody is forced or compelled by any means. Everybody, I mean, every religion or irreligion will be available to anybody. Uh, there, Nobody is compelled into anything. You can believe or not believe, whatever you want to do. But the opportunity, we are told, will be there for people to hear and receive and accept doctrines of salvation that will allow them to receive um, all the sacred ordinances that are needful in order to be able to progress uh, to the full purposes of our creation. So uh, those ordinances are performed by proxy in uh, uh, the temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And the... uh, you know, families are sealed together in, in uh, sacred ordinances that say, you know, you're going to be a family forever. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I've talked to a lot of people that say, oh, really? Oh, man, there's no excitement there. I mean, the, the relationships with their families are not quite what they ought to be. And other people recognize that in order to be happiest, you really do need to be surrounded by those you love. And so, at any rate, that's, that's kind of the doctrine uh, from the simplest. Uh, the doctrine is that the first four principles and ordinances of the gospel are faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, second, repentance, third, baptism for the remission of sins, and fourth, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That That's all the basis of what happens to begin with in the temples where the work is done by proxy for those that have passed on. Of course, uh, there are other living ordinances that are done as, as a young couple sets off on their marriage. They're able to be uh, sealed, if you will, uh, to uh, be able to have their marriage last into the eternities. So there are some magnificent things, and there are many that, that mock them and, and uh, you know, find they're not for them. That's perfectly all right, because every every individual has a great gift from God also called agency. And that's, that's what we try to pr- promote and preserve here in this land, uh, because we do have a, uh, a form of government that protects our ability to worship, uh, ability to worship without infringement. And, uh, and by the way, that's, that's under severe attack nowadays. And uh, uh, the time will come if we lose our liberty, if we lose our Constitution with its uh, divinely inspired um, Bill of Rights and those things that, that canonized, if you will, God-given rights. The, all of these rights predate, you know, kings and parliaments and potentates and declarations of independence and constitutions and bills of rights, all those kind of it, They predate all of that. These things uh, come by nature of the fact that God created us independent and free in order to be able to progress through a mortal existence for the purposes that... Uh, uh, we're trying to achieve as much as we possibly can in terms of uh, becoming like our Father. So this is absolutely necessary. The freedom of religion uh, that is essential 
could be and is on its way to being lost by uh, government action, legislative, judicial, um, executive orders, uh, policies. Uh, the Our ability to worship our God according to the way we feel in our hearts is, is being eroded terribly. And uh, I, I suspect that unless institutions wake up to the fact that it is an individual God-given right and stop just protecting their own bacon as an institution. They say, oh, yeah, we're, we're, oh, absolutely. We can still meet in our temples and our chapels and our synagogues and everything. Yeah, we've got freedom of religion. No, uh, they have that, and I, I applaud that, and I encourage it, and I uh, cherish it. But if individuals lose that right in the workplace, in the marketplace, in their families, in their homes, in their uh, ability to discuss that anytime in any place uh, the the loss of that institutionally I don't believe is far behind so all of these things weave together and it's a magnificent plan and we've got a beautiful path if we're just willing to follow it and far too rarely do we do we really recognize what we hold in our hands and we're letting it slip through our fingers Far too often do we take things for granted, that's for sure. No doubt religion being one of the key components to liberty at large, if you will. If you don't have religious freedom, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have liberty. And eventually, if religious freedom, if religious freedom falls, uh, so does liberty and freedom uh, in all aspects of your life. That is critical to understand. Now, I found this statement fascinating, and I want you to respond to this one, uh, Dr. Bradley, as well. <clears throat> There's a guy by the name of Sam Feist. And Sam Feist is the CNN Washington's bureau chief. And here's what he said after he went through the temple uh, in Washington, D.C. for the open house, the temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here's what he said. I was taken aback by the light. The brightness, the brightness of the bridge entering the temple, the brightness of the light, the lighting. And I want to be very clear that, you know, what there's a symbolism there, whether he uh, just noticed the lights and how you know, bright they were in, or whether he understood that symbolism. I don't know. But I really want to highlight the symbolism that people ought to take note of, sir. You know, when the Washington, D.C. temple was first dedicated, and this was many uh, the exterior lighting was... That's <laughs> magnificent, you might say. Overwhelming is the way many felt about it. As you come along the freeway and, and uh, you come around the corner, oh my gosh, what's that on the hill? You know, is it uh, a UFO or what? I mean, it, it was distracting from the from the traffic. And, and there were many people that had automobile accidents that were so taken aback by the light. And, uh, and of course, it is symbolic. I mean, it's not like... Uh, you know they they have to have this heavenly beam focused on the temple all the time, but but uh, but it is symbolic to draw people to a light source. You know, light also in the scriptures of the LDS Church, uh, there's a, an expansive review of what light is. Light is intelligence, and and uh, light is the means by which you know things are illuminated. And what's interesting, by the way. Yes, Hold on, doctor. We'll talk about it in seconds when we come back. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Texas National Guardsmen that went missing and presumed drowned trying to save illegal immigrants in the Rio Grande River over the weekend has been identified as 22-year-old Bishop Evans. John Anfinson, the local president of the Border Patrol Union in the Del Rio sector, said the river was deceptively dangerous in that area. When Americans realize two and a half million illegal immigrants have been allowed to enter the United States under President Biden's watch, lawmakers are taking aim at the man in charge, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Texas Republican Congressman Michael McCall on Fox News says Mayorkas is in way over his head. I don't want to uh, divulge too much of that, but he's very frustrated. We've had 2.5 million people cross into this border illegally since the president's been inaugurated. Title 42 being lifted means 500,000 over the next five weeks. USA Radio News. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur. I started my first business in the basement of a factory over 30 years ago. We had no heat and no air conditioning. Instead of customers, our office visitors were rats, birds, flies, and snakes. Our office flooded often, and we used blankets as our office walls. We were broke and needed customers. Years later, I formed my fifth successful business, Patriot Software which has attracted tens of thousands of customers with our easy accounting and payroll software used by accountants and non-accountants alike. Go to PatriotSoftware.com, use promo code RADIO, and get two months of accounting and payroll software free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. Accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Ross Chastain led for one lap on Talladega's big racetrack Sunday. It was the final lap and gave him the NASCAR win. After failing to prevent Russia's invasion into Ukraine, the United States has been pouring tons of money into the country. Tim Berg has more on the conflict. The White House just sent over a billion dollars in military and economic aid to Ukraine, but Ukrainian officials continue to ask for more to help as Russia begins its second phase of the invasion. Iowa Republican Senator Joni Ernst explains why the United States has to give Ukrainian forces what they need. It is absolutely necessary that we up our game and provide what President Zelensky is asking for. They have a plan for all of the different platforms that they have requested and if we can get those items to them get them quickly they have the opportunity to defeat the russian army this is usa radio news ladies and gentlemen i'm not going to take the bait of the bottom of the hour news <laughs> there's so much to talk about everywhere but i want to stick with the importance of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint Temples, and I really want to highlight this reality. Um, Sam Feist, CNN's Washington Bureau chief, went through the open house of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Temple, and he really focused on the light. And he said he was taken aback by the light. Uh, and the symbolism is really critical here to understand. Dr. Bradley was breaking that down for me, starting with the scripture's uh, point of view about Christ, I am the light of the world. Uh, etc. Dr. Bradley? Absolutely. Throughout the scriptures, light and truth are linked together. And uh, 
of course, uh, Christ is the way, the truth, the light, and life. And um, and so this this is an analogy that that is woven through throughout the scriptures, and should help us uh, gain a kind of an image in our mind about this progressive thing towards the light, if you will. It's interesting to me, and and again, we shouldn't belabor it too long, probably about how light and truth, how intelligence uh, travels on light, and. We, in a very rudimentary and clumsy way, in my opinion, I mean, many would say we're at the pinnacle of science right now, when you can impose uh, intelligence on a, a, a fiber optic cable that transmits light, you know, and, uh, you know, you m use multi-mode cable for certain uh, uh, applications and single-mode cable for another set of applications and for long haul and, and for, you know, even on your automobile. You're using a fiber optic type cable for some of the, the intelligence that's within an automobile. But the point of the matter is it's very interesting to me that by imposing intelligence on light, we're able to do uh, quite a number of things in our modern world. And uh, computers are pretty zippy nowadays with the speeds they have and everything. And it's associated many times with network speeds because of fiber optics, and that is just basically imposing intelligence on light and being able to contain that to the end point and using it appropriately when it gets there, decoding it, if you will. You're a lot smarter than I am on this stuff, Sam, but the fact of the matter is, throughout all history, mortal history, this idea of light and truth has been linked together, and we're just starting, I believe, to scratch the surface on this with our, our technology and for purposes of, you know, information management and, and transmission. But if you think about uh, how infantile we are in our progression at this point and, and come to understand a little bit about how God has used this light for transmitting vast, vast understandings to mankind and, and uh, those that have uh, had visions of glory, if you will, of God and Christ, have, uh, have spoken of, of this expanse of light. Well, there's a lot of analogies, and, and of course that is found uh, as part of the, the things that you can observe, if you will, if you go to the temples. Now, I think you can find those things in, in our daily lives without going to the temple even. That's not to discourage you from that, but that if we're aware of these things and find these, these parallels and, and these analogies, they can be used, and, and I think Christ was really, really good at that in his mortal existence. He talked about shepherds and, and housewives and, and judges and, you know, common mundane things that he found examples in that he could use as teaching tools. And if we learn how to do that, first of all, in our own hearts and minds, we, we come to a greater, higher understanding. If we go, wait, 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 there's, there's more to be had here. And, of course, that helps us to teach others and, uh, uh, you know, our children, if, if that's the only opportunity we have is with our own children. But to bring light and truth is, is truly, I think, a wonderful thing that we can do. And within the temple, we do have a focus on light, that's for sure. I also find it fascinating when the Savior says, I am the light of the world, and we add uh, intelligence on top of light, uh, and we transmit it or channel it. I think that's really kind of the takeaway here in my mind, too, that if we uh, intelligently uh, follow Christ, the light of the world, uh, it seems logical that if we use our intelligence on top of 
Christ's light to follow him, that we could channel our efforts to make a big difference in our own lives. Uh, and I think that's really important, whether we're talking about politics or religion or any other topic. It's really, really critical to, to kind of understand that. Anyway, the point is, ladies and gentlemen, on April 28th, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, will open their temple open house to the general public. And if you can make the Washington, D.C. one, it's really a good place to do that. Uh, also, there's uh, temples around the world, if you keep an eye out, where you can attend one of these and really learn about our doctrines and our beliefs in a meaningful way that's productive. And I would submit to you that let light be your guide. Feel the light of Christ uh, in your mind and in your heart. Feel your uh, mind expanding and your understanding increasing. And the light of Christ and the Holy Ghost can give you much-needed clarity on a lot of these uh, issues. All right, uh, political questions abound, Dr. Bradley. Uh, I mentioned last hour, I don't know why I said Governor Rick. It's Governor Ron DeSantis that I was meaning. Uh, but would you vote for Ron DeSantis as president? Now, Ron is getting a lot of coverage in the mainstream press in Florida, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and a lot of good press for a lot of good reasons. He shut down the special privilege that Disney had. Uh, he's uh, really trying to jettison the mask and the lockdown protocols. You know, in a lot of ways, Ron's been doing a good job standing up for pro-life. And a lot of people really have Ron DeSantis to applaud. And I think uh, in many cases, for good reason. However, would you vote for Ron DeSantis for president? I personally would not. Sounds like a conflicted uh, reality, doesn't it, doctor? <laughs> You know, it, it's interesting to me that, that we do need to weigh things in the appropriate scale. And, uh, and that's kind of what all of life is, is about, is, is weighing and measuring things in scales. We are, by nature, discriminators. I mean, we should be. You shouldn't fall for everything and anything. You should be able to use discrimination. And I know, oh, my goodness, that's a, <laughs> that must have some dark undertone to it. No, we... We make good choices or bad choices based upon how we discriminate between things, friendships and associations and business dealings and everything else. And and I think there is a scale in which we can weigh political leaders, if you will. And that scale is the the foundation of the nation, the the principles of fundamental uh, principles that, that uh, bring us liberty and proper government. And, and there's a a really, really basic presentation I make about this, often to young people, and, and uh, sometimes adults need it more than young people. But the understanding of, of the the origin of rights, for example, where they come from, God, okay, that that is fundamental. And, and what is the purpose of government? Uh, to secure those rights. Yes, indeed. And the consent of the governed is required, and that doesn't happen by a vote. And so everything is not, and we could go through all of them, and there isn't time, but, but everything needs to be weighed appropriately in a scale. And, and oftentimes I find politicians stumble and do something right, and other times they do more things than, than not right, but the, the basis of their uh, understanding is what needs to be brought forth. And if, in fact, um, the correct principles are or kind of at the foundation of what they're doing, there's a greater chance and a greater propensity that they'll continue to good, do good things rather than have their heads turned by the uh, popularity of a given moment or two, you know. And it's it's not a democracy. It's, it's a constitutional republic. 
those that are trusted representatives keep their actions within the bounds established uh, under the contract that every trusted representative raises his arm to the square and takes an oath before God, a solemn oath that imprecates the vengeance of God if they violate that oath, that they will keep all of their actions within those bounds. And so that's, that's how I weigh and measure those that are uh, set before me as, as trusted representatives. And I find more often than not, uh, their good is often driven by uh, what they perceive to be some political value they get out of it, rather than foundational uh, instances of, uh, you know, this is a do or die kind of thing. We will not violate the contract. This is a sacred oath before God that we're going to keep this contract. Our actions will always be within those bounds. And and I, uh, while, while DeSantis has done uh, and hopefully continues to do many things that are good, bold things, in fact, in light of where some of his constituents come from, I, I, I just don't get the feeling, based upon some of the things that I've seen that were in the fine print that I've seen come out, that that make me feel like he really does have a firm understanding, and, and maybe that can be improved and corrected through education and learning and and uh, a study of these things. But if it's superficial that that good is being done for the wrong reasons, there's a lot of danger there, I think. And that's why I'm a little bit concerned about some of these that are really preeminent in today's politics. And ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate a lot of what Ron DeSantis does. There's no doubt about it. I'll explain why I will not vote for him for president uh, coming up. And uh, we've also got a lot of other interesting quick topics in the final segment with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church, rather it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3. Founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission. Morallaw.org. 
www.thepetsupply.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Ron DeSantis on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and the question is, would you vote for him for president? I think he's done a lot of good. Don't get me wrong. And I commend him for the good that he's done. But he, like Donald Trump, you know what? You can't ignore the good they've done. you got to acknowledge it and commend them for it. But at the same time, you got to understand that it's principles. Uh, it's good, honest, wise men and women we seek for office. Good, honest, and wise men. I believe some of them, uh, you know, they're somewhat good, they're somewhat honest, and they're somewhat wise. Law signed by Ron DeSantis, they say will allow for forced vaccinations, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, you know what? He gets a lot of coverage in the media for doing a lot of good, and rightfully so. But, ladies and gentlemen, you know what? You can't have that. On one hand, DeSantis suggests vaccines hurt facility, or I'm sorry, fertility. Uh, on one hand, uh, Ron's got it right. Trump and Ron kind of at odds over vaccines. The mainstream press has a heyday with this. But at the end of the day, even though Ron DeSantis signs bill, quote, limiting vaccine mandates, um, the problem is the lapse in judgment, the little things that go through that most people don't realize, the, the little things that betray everything that he supposedly stands for, that's the problem that I have, Dr. Bradley. You know, the there's a, and it's almost blasphemous to say it in the same sentence with a politician, but the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But you get the idea, and, and what you're referring to is is one of the huge barriers that I believe uh, indicates the, the lack of sound foundational principles with, with uh, Governor DeSantis. Uh, indeed, he, he uh, ostensibly and on the surface is, Oh, yeah, we don't need these mandates. We don't need all of this stuff happening. But yet, in the, the devil's in the details, if you will. Uh, well, I don't know why religion and lack thereof keeps coming up. But uh, it's like uh, this bill, I'm not sure exactly which one you're referring to, but there was one several months ago in which buried about a 1,000 lines into it was uh, the power uh, the state was assuming that if need be to be able to mandate that everyone get it based upon force. Government is not eloquence, it's not reason, it is force. And like fire, it's a dangerous servant and a fearful master. And uh, therein lies the problem. We, we look and we say, oh, wait, wait. Uh, United States Constitution, it has delegated authority to the, to the general government. And Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Mandates and vaccines, they're not in there. How about that? And if the Flor Floridians were to look carefully, I would venture to guess that their Constitution does not delegate to their uh, government agents, the authority to do such things as health-related things that cause um, uh, compulsion and force along these lines. But yet and still, they usurp that power, and when they can get away with it, they do. And uh, uh, Daniel Defoe, back in 1701, wrote, all men would be tyrants if they could. And, of course, Lord Acton said in 1887, uh, Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts, absolutely. That's far too often what we find in, in government officials. And it's like Jefferson wrote, let no more be said of confidence in man, but bind him down from mischief with the chains of the Constitution. And that is wherein we 
need to look. We need to say, okay, was the authority delegated? Because it is a contract. No, the authority was not delegated. Then, therefore, they do not have the authority. Now, Madison... And it should and be end of story at that point. But Ron does, should be. Is, although he says a lot of unique things, the fact is the World Health Organization is building a global vaccine passport right now. 25 states have already gone on with this voluntary kind of passport thing. I mentioned last hour, the National Association of Broadcasters wants you to prove a negative COVID test and or have a vaccine passport uh, to attend the NAB event. See, these huge organizations are, are doing this. Where's Ron in this fight? I haven't heard Ron stand up and reject the global uh, passport promoted by the World Health Organization. And, and so when you have these lapses, you say a lot of those sound bites sound good, but at the end of the day, is Ron really as constitutional of a conservative as we hope him to be? Or is it kind of like Donald Trump? We're going to end up with a lot of faults, hope, and a lot of disappointment uh, in the, at the end of the day. Time will tell, but that's why uh, I bring this up, is that we need to be very careful as the election comes up that we truly look for principled, good, honest, wise servants uh, of the republic. That's for sure. Next question, should professors be fired? For misusing pronouns, this is a big old battle that took place already. Nicholas Merriter is the professor, ladies and gentlemen, and he gets a hefty settlement in a court fight over trans student pronouns. A class member demanded to be addressed as a woman, Bob Unruh, WND.com. So the student demanded to be addressed by a woman. Professor Nicholas Merriweather said, no, I'm not going to do that. A battle ensued. A court fight happened. And now the professor, Merriweather, wins $400,000 from the university. Literally harassed him over pronoun use. Gateway pundit with that piece. Dr. Bradley. You know, it's interesting. The gate only swings gateway. You know, okay, I don't know. I picked up on that. The gate only swings one way, uh, and it's in the way of of fundamental disasters for this academic freedom concept. You know, you say, oh, well, I'm a tenured professor. Um, I can say what I want. And, and that's all well and good in the establishment world if you're undermining the foundational principles of this nation. You're, de de you know, denigrating and distracting from, you know, the cause of liberty with the limits and bounds of government and, and moral aid, the moral issues, you know. Uh, if you speak against those things, if you're speaking against morality, if you're speaking against fundamental American principles, oh, my goodness, you could go, the, the, you know, the Katie bar the door. Here comes, you know, they're driving a deuce and a half through all of the, the doors that are open um, to, uh, you know, continue to the destruction of the, everything that we hold sacred. But heaven forbid someone wants to stand on a principled thing. Now suddenly... Well, they, oh, you know, your, your tenured professorship doesn't allow you to offend someone like this. And suddenly now there's a, a big blockage that goes up. I'm happy to see that, uh, that this professor was able to take this to the mat and get a big settlement. Now, of course, the college could have um, appealed and gone on and continued to stir the pot. But I think they limited their losses and decided to settle and walk away from it. But that kind of stuff needs to happen all over the place. It needs to happen everywhere, whether it's mask mandates or whatever. I mean, let's starve them out. Starve out the bad guys. Uh, they, they're 
more than willing to try and, and uh, you know, undermine our footing and foundation when they can possibly shake us out. I believe there's more good people. Maybe everybody doesn't understand the nuances of everything. But in their guts, in their heart, if you will, they feel, wait a minute, this was wrong. What? This shouldn't happen. And I believe there needs to be more resistance to the bad that seems to have almost unfettered access to everything in the media, in the in, in, uh, academe, and, and in the political world. It's almost unfettered. But I think good people need to start pushing back more on those kinds of things. And I'm glad this guy did. Amen. And it seems like the interesting thing is his last name is Mayweather. <laughs> Whether you're Nick Mayweather battling in court for your right to, to uh, your free speech and to use pronouns as you want, isn't it Floyd Mayweather that's the boxer? <laughs> the Mayweathers are taking care of business, sir. I guess. I don't know. I hadn't made that connection. <laughs> I just find it kind of comical. Uh, but you're right, and I, I think this is critical to understand that, you know, here's what's interesting. What it takes for evil to prof- prosper is for good men to do nothing. And this is an example where Nick's just like, listen, scientifically, you're a male. I'm not going to treat you as a female. And you know what? Not only scientifically, but God's law says you're a male. And everything points to this male and female created he them reality. And I've got to live by my convictions of that reality. Uh, And so I'm going to stand up for what I believe. And they tried to literally slaughter and destroy the professor's uh, tenure over this uh, and tried to really shut the professor down. Uh, But he stood up. And I think we need, I, I really believe if more of us would stand up in this culture war, great things could happen, doctor. Oh, I agree completely. And I, I've said all along, hey, if, if the airlines say we got all wear masks, don't fly. That's just the bottom line. I have not, and I will not. I mean, it's just. Well, or just imagine if everybody on the plane wouldn't wear a mask, too. If, you, if it's one or two, they just haul you out, right? But if the whole plane, if 200 people on a plane or something said, hey, we're not wearing masks. We're just not doing we're it. Pretty, uh, they wouldn't haul the cheap. whole plane off or cancel the flight, right? Well, they might cancel the flight. That's the way it is today. I mean, this idea of strong-arming everybody has become so widespread, and, of course, there's so many Karens out there that are that are going to make uh, <laughs> make life miserable for everybody else. The fact of the matter is that uh, I really believe that... that poor any, Karen. If, if, <laughs> yeah, poor Karen. I don't know a Karen. Maybe I do. i got to think. But you know, if if Disney wants to to uh, you know promote their agenda of uh, perversion, uh, hey, vote with your feet. You don't have to put up with it. You know, it's it's like you know nobody's you know you say oh well I can choose this or that or the other. It's more than just a choice in you know some of the really really blatant things. Start making good choices all the time, and and. Uh, Live your life in a manner that, you know, reflects the the reality of of how you believe life ought to be. And, and, uh, you know, you don't have to be ridiculing people. You don't have to be belligerent or anything like that. And, you know, (coughs) here's uh, this is this is something that uh, I keep on my front page of my day planner about Washington at the 1787 convention. Um, And it kind of applies. You got to kind of think about it a little bit. He wrote, or he said, if to please the people we offer what we ourselves disapprove, how can we afterwards defend our work? Let us raise a standard to which the wise and the honest can repair. The event is in the hands of God. I, I really believe that 
that that's the kind of standard we've got to have. Let's promote, uphold, sustain, participate in that which we ourselves approve and not just kind of say, oh, well, I'm at a, man, I'm at a Disney movie, but, you know, I don't support their agenda, but, golly, I wanted to see this. I mean, come on, start voting with your conscience a little bit, you know, and, uh, and maybe maybe we can starve out the bad that's out there. Vote with our you know, feet and our dollars. I don't know. Um, by Vote the way, with your feet and your dollars. And one of the biggest things you don't want to do, uh, a lot of times what people do is they remain silent as well. Uh, you don't agree with it, so you say, well, I don't want the controversy. I'm just going to walk away. That's good. But there is a better and a best scenario in this as well, Dr. Bradley, uh, to push back and to stand up and vote with your dollars and with your feet and to speak out. Look, this Mayweather guy spoke out. Uh, they tried to shut him down. He simply went to court, uh, got a redress of grievance. That's what we're told to do. Not go to violence, but go to a redress of grievance. We need to stand up in the culture war, ladies and gentlemen. We beg for you to do it now. Dr. Bradley, thank you so much. It's always fantastic when you're on the radio, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to speak on behalf of the cause of liberty. You never want to pass a microphone without speaking on behalf of the cause of liberty. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Bradley's website, freedomsrisingsun.com. He's got weekly webinars on the Constitution with Q&As and a whole lot more. His collegiate series, To Preserve the Nation, is there. Check it out, freedomsrisingsun.com. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, we declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America.